What is up, everyone, and welcome to Objectively Speaking. I am one of your hosts, Jeremy Paul. And I'm Laura Norman, and this is episode 11, game 11, the Columbus Blue Jackets versus the Dallas Stars and what can only be described as a dumpster fire of a loss, uh, six to three in regulation. Good Lord, was that a terrible, basically 50 minutes, I'll give them the last 10. But everything else, just terrible. Well, I would say, I would, I would give them the last 20. Like, I felt like the third period was pretty good overall. It's just a matter of, like, can they actually play that way for 60 minutes? And hopefully the answer to that question is yes. Um, thanks or for- at least, like, the first period and the third period. I'll let them be terrible in the second period. That's fine. But more than just the third yeah. period. <laughs> fair fair I would personally I'm gonna put myself in the preferred 60 minutes but I guess I'll agree with you if we can only get 40 I'm okay <laughs> with that um because that would be a much desired change of pace so um yeah thanks for tuning into this a little bit later edition we usually do pride ourselves on getting the episodes out the night of the game but when I tell you that I've been manic over the course of the last two days and decided that going to the gym at 5 30 and 6 30 respectively a.m was a good idea I was wrong. Very tired last night. That game ended. So did my night. <laughs> I knocked out. Um, so thanks for tuning in today to this recap episode. Hopefully you want to have last night's game recapped. And if you don't, I also understand that. So you can definitely feel free. You can mute it if you want. This is your cue. <laughs> this is your trigger warning. We will be talking about last night's game. And if that's triggering to you. <laughs> and all of the atrocities that occurred within you can mute us now and a few highlights but mostly the atrocities so but probably just need us don't stop it like give us those views give us those plays but feel free to mute us so laura i have a question i have an answer hopefully have you heard that phrase and that quote that's like women are not rehab facilities for broken men yes it's one of my favorite tiktok things yeah well <laughs> Well, Patrick Laine cannot be a rehab facility for Cam Atkinson. Patrick Laine is not a <laughs> for Cam Atkinson. <laughs> now, in, in Cam's defense, like, there are a couple of opportunities that he had that he, like, again, just didn't put away. And, and I guess, like, at some point, it's going to have to become a question of, like, is it an anomaly that you're not putting these opportunities away? Or is it kind of like the norm and like the anomaly is when you do put them away? Because that's kind of how the season is going for him right now. Um, obviously, like had a couple of really good looks last night that really probably should have found their way into the back of the net. Like the one I'm thinking of specifically is the is puck that went across the goal mouth. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, he was unable to get a stick on it. And, and don't get me wrong, like that looked difficult. Again, I don't play hockey. Um, but I did like, I saw that. I'm like, oh, thank God Cam's gonna. And then I was like, miss it got it okay <laughs> I was like damn I really thought that that was gonna be the one and you know but it was not well as as everyone who listens to this podcast knows I am a large Cam Atkinson fan um my boy my boy's struggling I don't know. I wish I knew. Sometimes I wish I was a sports psychologist. I'm a really great listener. I just can't really like help with techniques or anything like that. But great motivational speaker, great listener, but not so much on the actual sports aspect of it. But 
he just, you know, he's having a hard time. And I think, you know, we, we've talked about our lines being kind of like the game of boggle where like every other shift, it sort of seems like Torts hits the button and then whatever three names come up, that's kind of the ones that he shoves out onto the ice and hopes that um, something will work together. There were obviously some brighter spots last night and, but for the love of God, he needs to figure out what, not Torts, Cam needs to figure out what his deal is like why he is not able to finish and does not seem confident in his playmaking abilities either this man is in his 10th year as a blue jacket he is not a rookie he's also not a shit player typically um and, you know, we've bounced back and forth a few ideas in previous episodes about what might be going on. But, you know, I really think that this is a situation like he needs, you know, to figure out what is blocking him um, so that we can have at least some semblance of the Cam Atkinson that we all know and love uh, to come back to us at some point and sooner rather than later. Um, because while Patrick Line cannot be the savior for either Cam or this team. And we're going to talk more about that in a little bit, but I think that Cam at Cam's best would be a great line mate for Patrick Line. I think that they have a lot of potential to make a lot of great things happen. I think the idea that Torts had last night of putting Line and Cam and originally text, but then swapped out for Jack um, made a lot of sense. Um, but there's just, there's something that is holding him back and I'm not sure that they know how to address that yet. And it's kind of scary a little bit. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that that's the thing that I'm worried about too, right? Like what happens if we can't get him back on track? Like I'm afraid of watching him turn into an Alexander Wenberg type where like the fans like spend every like, you know, every goal is like, oh, we pay $5.8 million for that goal. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I remember the yeah, conversations that you and I... Yeah, jokes. Yeah, that you and I would say, like, earn that $4.9 million, Alexander Wenberg. Like, and so, like, I worry about that being the case here, right? Like, I think Cam Atkinson is worth his contract. He just has to start showing it. Um And I know he will at some point, but it's just like, what is it going to be that does that? And I don't and I think that everybody was like, oh, Patrick Line is going to be the one to do that. First of all, it's been a game. First of all, like, let's, let's not get that twisted. Second of all, um, if it's not, what do you do? Like, and you got to figure it out. Like, you got to be ready for that to be the case because not everybody has perfect chemistry. And just because, uh, you know, just because, oh, my God, I just got the dumbest breaking news on my phone. We'll talk about it. Um, just because... Uh, Oh my God, <laughs> that really took me off guard. Just because you have two all-stars. Well, what I was going to say is just because everybody's like doing this whole, like this is the best offensive player we've had since Artemi Panarin. And just because like, that doesn't mean that those two are going to click the way that Artemi Panarin and Cam Atkinson clicked. That doesn't mean that. Uh, and so that has to be the kind of thing that we keep an eye out for and like, don't 
expect them to be the exact same kind of player and do the right. same thing for each other. Um, I'm just going to say it now. The Jackets assigned Liam Foodie to the taxi squad and forward Nathan Gerby to the Monsters. So they moved Foodie to the taxi squad. So Foodie's out on Thursday. For Nash to come back in? Yeah. I'm a little confused about that decision. We can talk about it later. Uh, <laughs> at first yeah. when I read it, I put thought it was pin, saying... Put a pin in that. At first when I read it, I thought it was saying that Foodie was, like, coming out and Gerby was going in, and I was like, whoa, 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 baby. <laughs> oh, I would have... Um, there would have been some hands. Um, but all of that to say that uh, I think we need to not read too much into this game. Like, also keep in mind, like, I saw a tweet that was like... And you even did it, too. And I was like, calm down, Laura. Where people were like, oh, Patrick Laine looks so sad, like, looks so defeated on the bench and all that kind of stuff. Homie just played 21 minutes of hockey after not having been on the ice since January 14th. Like, let's just, like, let him breathe and all that kind of stuff. And, like, let's not assume that, like, he hates it in Columbus because Columbus lost a hockey game. Like, Winnipeg has lost hockey games. Everywhere has lost okay, hockey so games. Okay, so I have to say a couple of things about this. First of all, yes, I understand that I am dramatic. Second of all, blame the camera people because they're the ones that left the camera on that man's face while he sat on the bench. Also, if I knew you hadn't already been asleep, I was going to screenshot you interacting with that other person on Twitter who also said that Line looked sad. Um, I do not think he actually is sad. I think I agree with you that he is tired and that there is a lot of focus on him. And we'll talk about his his post-game comments as well. But the thing that pissed me off, and I don't know if you've seen this or not, but 614 Hockey just posted it, um, is fucking Brad Marchand from the Boston Bruins commented on a picture of Line A coming yet to warm-ups yesterday. And he was like, looks thrilled and had like the slash-eyed um, emoji face on it. And I'm going to put it right here. I hate the Boston Bruins. I hate them with a fiery passion, particularly that motherfucker. And I do not think it is appropriate for another professional hockey player to say that stuff when it's already just like a huge concern out of in everyone's all fans minds that for some reason players hate to play in Columbus because we know that that's not true. But still, shut the fuck up, asshole. We're not even playing you this season. Walk away. I also don't know why people, like, like, I can't, like, I watched that video. It just looks like, it looks like somebody who's, like, why, they're comparing it to, like, Jack Roslevic, who, like, had the same video that came out, like, for his first practice. But you're talking about a kid who, like, grew up watching hockey games there and, like, for the first time ever was wearing a Blue Jackets jersey again, grew up wanting to be a Blue Jacket, like, comes out on the, like, that's different. Like, those are different things. Of course, Jack Roslovic had this, like, look of, like, oh, my God, like, on his face, like, when he came onto the ice, like, Patrick Lyon is just, like, I'm here to play hockey. Like, that's what I do. Like, that doesn't mean he doesn't want to be there. That doesn't mean that he, like, what's, like. also, what if he was nervous? This is a brand new, brand new team. He's never been traded before. He's only ever played for the Jets. He's in a brand new team. This was his first time skating with the guys the day before he had just skated with coaches. 
and he is coming into this whole you act like people act like he doesn't know that people are making a big fucking deal about him being part of this team like i'm sure that there is a sense of pressure that is there he actually kind of talks about it a little bit in his post game interview but aren't isn't everybody nervous when they start a new job like let's give the man a little bit of a break but also brad marchand keep your fucking opinions to yourself man yeah, he commented that on TSN's official thing. He said he looks thrilled. Oh, man. That's tough. Somebody said more thrilled than you in Game 7 of the 2019 Cup Final. <laughs> tough. Yeah, he's a bastard. He's doing really well for my fantasy team, though. Yeah, that's why I shouldn't be allowed to play fantasy because I can't – I just have no trust. You can't stop because you draft Cam Atkinson first overall. Shut up. <laughs> it's my fault he's bad, okay? I take full responsibility. That's just tough. But, um, but yeah, I think ultimately, like, I continue to be – like, we say Eric Robinson's name all the time on this podcast. Like, his play last night was really great. Gregorinko played really well, but I think part of that was also because, like, that line was doing so well with Robinson driving play. So, um, mm-hmm. I think that they look really good together. I think that that line looks really good. I I don't know if it would work. I feel like it would probably be too much of a stretch, but, like, I would almost be interested to see, like, that line, like, Cam and Robbie switch, like, switch, like, and see what that would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be interested to see – Bjorkstrand with line A like I think that that gives me like some like I don't know like there's something about that that looks good to me but we didn't see it last night I don't think we saw it at least so we didn't so there are all sorts of combinations and things that we haven't seen yet that we're going to eventually see that are going to be eye-opening um obviously the, the defensive pairs last night were switched up I don't think that did much to change things so I don't know so yes Seth Jones scored his first goal of the season last night other than that again it was like a ghost on the ice I don't understand and you know I don't understand the continued credit to both him and Zach when it's our third line guys who are holding it down you know like Savvy was kind of all over the place last night. I mean, at one point, he ran over our goalie. Like, you know, he, he kind of had a hard night. He's been basically fine up until then. Gavrikov is Gavrikov, um, does what he can. But to still continue to be like, Seth Jones, Zach Berensky, Seth Jones, Zach Berensky, all this sort of bullshit, neither one of them are doing plays or helping out to the caliber that they're supposed to be doing. And I'm getting frustrated, like, and again, we don't play hockey. I can't skate to save my life, but it's frustrating. It's frustrating to see this continued, like, Cam takes a lot of shit this season, but I don't see as many people shitting on Seth and Zach for them not producing and them not defending, which is what they're supposed to do. Half the reason why the freaking Stars got so many goals last night is because people weren't defending Corpy the way that they're supposed to. So, and 
F you to all the people that are blaming all those goals on Corpy last night. That was not entirely a Corpy situation. And the reason, and Tort said in his post-game interview, the reason he pulled Corpy was to stop him from getting scarred even more. Not because he wasn't doing what he needed to do. He pulled him because he wanted to save him from a mental health standpoint. Yeah, I mean, it definitely wasn't a goalie pull last night like and torts is known to do that like torts is known to pull somebody and let them i'll be interested to see if torts starts corpy or uh elvis tomorrow i have no idea be interested because in part right like i mean like like there's part of me that says like maybe it's maybe it is corpy Maybe maybe it's not though. Maybe it's Elvis. Like, cause I mean, Elvis played well. Like when he got in. And again, that's not to say that Corby wasn't. But yeah, I'll be interested to see what what that looks like tomorrow. Uh, I'm hopeful that they figure something out tomorrow. I mean, Dallas is also just like a really good team. Like, let's not forget that. But at the same yeah, time, yeah, they like, were finalists in the Stanley Cup. Like, well, they're, and they're like team, and they're like better. I think like I I had my doubts about them like especially with uh, Sagan being out for the season but damn they're like playing really well like they are really good uh, I saw a tweet that was like it's becoming clearer and clearer that like this division like is shaping up to be you know Tampa Dallas Florida and Carolina and teams like Nashville and Columbus like have to get on board quick before it's just like out of reach because those teams are like those teams are it like those are the four that that are playing like they are the top four in this division and unless the jackets and the predators can can start to you know keep pace a little bit like that's that's going to be what this looks like toward the end yeah and it's just i mean we can't just like yeah we can't the the stars are an incredible team they have i mean yes they haven't played as many games as us but every game that they've played in has been won or lost. They've still played 10 times better than we've been playing in the 11 games that we've played. And like, we can't expect that we're going to play past game 56 continuing in this momentum. Like we have one more game with Dallas and then we have two games with Carolina who we haven't seen yet this season and who we kind of historically don't at least from what I remember and can recall playing games um either at home or against Carolina um we don't necessarily do that well and it's not a good look to potentially have our asses handed to us by Dallas two games in a row and then move into Carolina and hope that it's going to be a better outcome like these are not morale boosting situations Um, and it's just, the sad thing is, is that I think it's a, it's a time issue. It's the not having enough time to practice. It's the not having enough time to truly integrate new guys into the team. Like we need to, it's the not being able to have the time off the ice for the guys to gel, to bond, to get to know each other in the way that they would in a normal season. And you know, I I hate to use this as an excuse again, but not having a team where we rely on one sole player for this, that, or the other thing, and really being a team team, if you don't have that 
confidence in each other and if you don't have that relationship and bond with each other you're not gonna play well together like as a person who never played on a team in her life in that aspect i can tell you that from other things if you don't have that bond with whatever group that you're working with it's not going to go well and that's what we're seeing right now is we're seeing the lack of that bond we're seeing the lack of that gel um and we're we're kind of seeing that lack of that leadership especially from our veteran players um you know it says something when you when you see miko koivu who is brand new to this team didn't even play the first few games with us because of covid protocol is standing out as more of a leader than the guys who have been on this team for eight, nine, ten years and are supposed to be holding those leadership positions. So I think the way that this changes is it starts from the from the locker room out and they gotta pull some some shit together. Yeah, and, and that's the thing too, right? Like in last night's post game, I was just like enamored with Patrick Line. Like his post-game interview was, like, obviously, like, you know, he said, I'm not trying to make excuses and that kind of deal. Of course, we had some difficulty. Like, I had some difficulty mentally, physically, like, with the play just because, again, like, getting to a new team, like, trying to find your place, all that kind of stuff, which totally, totally got it. Um, and I appreciated that he said, I'm not trying to make excuses. Like, that can't be the case. And he said, we have to be better. Like, we will be better on Thursday. Like, this team has to be better or else it's gonna not work like we have to be better and I think that that was the first time like not that other players haven't said it over the course of the year but like that was the first time that I heard that and I was like oh yeah like this guy is like somebody who's gonna like say that in the room and he's gonna be like this sucked like this was not good um and to some extent right like you've got to play well in front of him like you've got to show him like what this team can be um to really try to sell him on it because at this point right like the play has to be the the biggest selling point for him uh, as far as like his future in Columbus and I I wouldn't blame him if he looked at that game and he was like oh shit <laughs> like, right. um and so I I don't think that that's the case I mean one game is one game like hockey players are used to it I think ultimately like he could be a vocal like he could be vocal in the locker room like there was even a play last night where you know, he helped, like, he was telling people on the ice, like, where to go before a face-off, like, to try to set up a play, and he was like, no, get here, get here, get here. Um, that's the kind of stuff that, like, I don't think that, like, this team is, like, like, Nick has his moments where he does that kind of stuff, and I appreciate those moments, but I don't think he's had a ton of them this year, and I wish he would have more, where it's just, like, we suck. Like, we need to be better, mm-hmm. like, and all that kind of stuff. Like, that was kind of refreshing. I know it sounds weird to say it was refreshing to hear that we suck, but, like, that – that was nice to hear his post game and it was I love his personality like I just think and that's the thing too right like people are expecting him to come out and be like happy happy smile smile like that's not really who he is like yeah like there was no it's not like he was like the jolly giant in Winnipeg like you know um he's a guy that loves hockey loves to play hockey and this is his job. I think people forget that sometimes, that hockey is their job. So I want someone to tell me that they've walked into their job every single day and been like, I am fucking happy to be here. I am ecstatic. I can't wait. 
you know, that they've taken every single challenge that's come their way and been like, I'm going to conquer this with kindness and I'm going <laughs> to just smile my way. That's, you know, that's a lovely sort of like fever dream to have that that's what you go into your work life with every day. But that's, that's not the case. I, you know, every job is different. And obviously some people love their jobs more than others, but that's just not realistic. And this is their job. Yes, they're getting paid to play a sport, you know, but they are experts at that. They are experts in that field and that's why they're paid to play it. So it's still a job. And again, I, I want to reiterate, it was his first, first day. He had barely met any of the guys in person at that point because while he was in quarantine, they were in Chicago and he couldn't have seen any of them anyway because he wasn't allowed to leave his hotel room. So it's, it's just a lot of factors. And again, I think we need to be realistic in the, in the mindset of fans of this team because there was a lot of really negative um, chatter on the interwebs last night um, during and after the game. I think we have to be realistic and stop putting this savior complex on him because that's not, it's not how it's going to work out. Is he going to be a great player for our team? Absolutely. Is he going to carry this team? Absolutely not. Like, it's just, it can't happen. We, we just can't, that's not how this is going to work out. And, you know, it says a lot for the people who are like, well, he didn't score, you know, so this was a terrible, like Winnipeg got the better deal in the trade or whatever. Like PLD hasn't even played for Winnipeg yet. First of all, second of all, no one's saying PLD wasn't a good player. What we're saying is he had a shit attitude and didn't want to be there anymore. So that's why it's a good thing that he's gone. No one's saying that we're not missing his playing ability. That's ridiculous. But attitude speaks louder sometimes than performance and skill. So we need to just be realistic about this and like let things adjust, but also be in the mindset of like everyone needs to adjust. It's not just Patrick Line. Like every player on this team needs to figure their shit out so that everyone can be better as a whole. Yeah. Girl, you're mad. You're fired up. <laughs> I'm like not mad. I'm sorry. No, I'm not mad. I'm just like, the more and more, and this is, I'm blaming you for this, but like the more and more I get into this, this sport, and I think the more and more that we've been doing the podcast and I've been like doing probably more extracurricular like reading and sure. of things just so that we have stuff to talk about on the podcast that you know I've, I'm trying to become as you know as Torts called Oliver um, in, in the last game you know a perfect player or a, you know a well-rounded I'm trying to become a, a well-rounded fan and a, a well-rounded commentator um, because I think it's important to look at it you know, if we had done this in the first year that I was a fan, do you know how just it would have been minutes upon minutes of me drooling over every single, like, thing that they did embarrassingly? Um, one day we'll talk about the day that Jeremy took me to a season ticket holder event, but that's for a shame episode later. Um, and, <laughs> you know, I, I want to be more well-rounded in this this aspect so that we can give our fans the best, our fans, our listeners, um, the most 
dynamic perspective as possible and not just this, the Blue Jackets are the greatest team on the face of the planet. Because that's not the case. Like, I'm not that naive or dumb to think that. Do I think that they have the potential to one day bring that cup back to Columbus and I'm going to cry for days on end? Absolutely. But we're not in that place right now. No. Hard to bring it back when it ain't ever been here, girl. <laughs> I mean, it's visited. It's sure. through. Sure, fair. Um, so I think, too, like, just to, like, chat a little bit, like, looking into tomorrow's game, uh, this is one of the added benefits of doing these podcasts the day after so we can, like, look at, like, what is going on, you know, in practice and stuff. So it looks like the line pairings this morning have been – and these these can't be again it's like yesterday when i sent you those lines and i was like this is what they were looking at but like this is not the order i don't think this is the order the only order i think is the first one and i think the rest of them are kind of just the lines gotcha. um so uh line a domi texier so texier out of the middle onto a wing playing with domi and uh line a uh Jenner so they moved wait sorry they moved max back to center mm -hmm. okay um Jenner, Koivu, Felino, um, Gregorinko, Nash, Bjorkstrand, Robinson, Roslovic, Atkinson. This I don't know why, but the when you got done reading the second line with Nick and Boone and Koivu, the first instinct for me was like, ooh, the daddy line. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's our first merch. <laughs> the daddy line? My God. Do you mean like they're literally fathers because they're the oldest on the team? Or do you mean like daddy? Well, Boone's only, Boone's only 27. He's not that old and he's not a dad. I know, but Boone's been around for a minute. That's why I always like. Yes. And we'll, we'll do a little shout out to that in the, in the end of the episode. But no, it was just like I saw all of their faces. And then I was like. <laughs> Like, oh, it's kind of like the the grumpy old man line like and so daddy was the first no 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 that would be the father line you said daddy line <laughs> that's different <laughs> okay I don't think many people are going to argue with me with the fact that like all three of them are fairly attractive I just, <laughs> so that's so funny Boone in particular no one's going to at me about that. Look at that man's face. No, girl, you said what you said. <laughs> I'm oh not the one that makes these kinds of comments, so I apologize. I was, no, I, I would love it if you became the person that did that, especially for the content. Hello? <laughs> oh, my God. And it looks like the defensive pairings have returned to the way that they were. Oh, the besties are back together. Do you ever wonder, like, should we, like, just fuck around and try to bring in Gabriel Carlson or Andrew Peak and just see what the fuck happens? Like, there's a part of me that wonders, like, if that wouldn't... But I don't know who you take out, like, other than literally Seth or Zach. <laughs> because... <laughs> and that's not going to happen. No, because I'll throw some hands if someone's like, Delzato's coming out of a game, because... Well, and then Kukan scores last night, or Kukan. I always fuck that up. Um, and then Gabricard and Savard... Did I just say Gavricard? You did. <laughs> That's a cute little couple name. <laughs> Savkov and Gavricard. Um, 
Oh, this is gone. This is taking a turn, bitch. We can um, call we can call Del Zotto and Kukin Delcon. Ooh, Delcon. <laughs> Should we just call uh no. Or Cazado. No. I was I was gonna make a joke about the first line, but I'm gonna I'm gonna run what? away from it. I was gonna make a joke about the first line, but I'm gonna run away from it. Run away. Run run. No, run. I I'm not gonna touch it. Child, anyways. So Laura, I know you're gonna touch on this too, like when you said the shout out to Boone, but Boone played his five hundredth game with the Columbus Blue Jackets last night, which is crazy. Woo! Um, yeah, I mean it, it is like just to think about how many seasons he's played with the Blue Jackets and how like I've never like thought like, oh, he should go. Like <laughs> he's never been a player that I'm like, can you leave? Well, and they wrote a really nice um kind of article about Boone and how essentially the, the the topic of the article was like Boone's so great that everyone forgets about him he's just like so like you consistent you know what you're gonna get from him on the ice you know what you're gonna get from him in in the locker room like I kind of think that's why he's an alternative captain is like he knows his job and he knows what everyone else is supposed to be doing and he's not one to be like kind of passive about anything he just is straightforward he does his thing um and they talked about telling him you know asking him different questions where his answers were just sort of like yep mm-hmm like when he surpassed a scoring record a couple of games ago they were like how do you feel and he's like it is what it is or when <laughs> when they talked about him moving from center to wing he was like I'll play wherever I'm good it doesn't really matter to me um, and that's just sort of a really nice consistency to have in a situation that we're in right now where everyone else seems to be all over the place. Boone has consistently played well, um, whether that be an assist or goals in and of itself, uh, whether that be in energy, like Boone has a different energy than most of our guys on the ice. And I think that everyone who plays with him sort of feeds off that as well and I kind of have to tell this story because I was going to tell it on Twitter but it doesn't come across as well unless I can um say it but one of my favorite Boone memories has literally nothing to do with him except for the fact that um we all yell his name when he's announced um as a starter and we've talked about her a little bit on the podcast but my mom knows basically nothing about hockey she tries she's trying to learn a few things she asks me like every day when she calls like was there a game last night like how did it go um but has no real concept of how it works or anything like that and last year I took her to a game for the first time and it happened to be a, a night that Boone was starting and so I'm going through everything with her like telling her about the cannon going off and telling her about how we yell out leo and all that sort of jazz and negated to tell her about the fact that when boone gets announced we all yell boone and to to a novice doesn't necessarily sound like boone it sounds like we're booing him and in the middle of this occurring she turns to me with just like the largest eyes and sort of sadness in her face. And she was like, why do you guys hate him? And I was like, oh no, mom. <laughs> like, we're not, that's his name. <laughs> Correct. And she just was like, 
oh. <laughs> and so the whole, the whole time she just like every time, you know, I think he even may have scored a couple of times that night as well. And so she was just enthralled by the fact that it sounded like we were booing our own player, which has happened before, I think. Oh, um, yeah. So, but not, I mean, there was no reason to. I think it'll be confusing for him one day if that does ever happen. He's going to be like, oh, they're cheering for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's ever going to happen. I, I can't imagine us ever booing Boone. Again, maybe just for the confusion of it. I mean, maybe, but that's my favorite, my favorite Boone story is trying to explain to my, my dear mother that we were not chastising our own player as he's getting announced at the start of the game. <laughs> so that's a weird flex to have. If you're hating your own player as he's about to to play for your team so. right. no but yeah he's a good one i also like looked up because like i could not believe it when he said that cam atkinson has played for 10 seasons that's crazy so i went back and like looked at his thing do you know what's craziest about this year is so far his career average shooting percentage is 11.4 percent so like he scores on 11.4 percent of the shots he takes he scored four percent this season so see my face listener and last season was 8.1 which was previously his lowest of his career and so like it's just continuously like getting lower so he just i think it's also good like he once he finds the space he's gonna get better but yeah i looked at that and i could not believe that 10 years yeah and i mean and yeah nick's in his ninth and uh savard is in his 10th as well they talked about that in in the article about Boone today I mean I, I as we all know we as Columbus Blue Jackets love loyalty yeah. so um would like a little bit better performance but you know we love we love loyalty and uh, while we're in the midst of giving shout outs shout out to Riley Nash and his wife Claire yeah. their parents that's why Riley was scratched last night um that's so exciting i love hockey babies i get so excited every time one of the guys has a kid um because i think it's so cute so big ups to them for being first-time parents it's so exciting without a doubt well and also congrats for playing tomorrow that's true yeah that's continue me. to scratch him riley Ness. yeah so all right friend well what who do you think like who do you think starts tomorrow? Like who who is who's the goalie? Um, I think Elvis will be the goalie. I think they're gonna continue on this tandem thing. Torts isn't gonna, you know, muddy the waters too much with that quite yet. So I think Elvis will start so that Corpy's ready to go on Sunday. Sunday? Yes, Sunday against Carolina. Yeah, I agree. I think Elvis will start. Ultimately, like, I think what tomorrow comes down to is, like, playing to your identity and finding your identity. I think the biggest issue right now is that our, our identity is different a little bit than it would be typically. Like, I think Torts is really looking for us to play a game that, like, makes us a hard team to play against physically. But I think a lot of what we've also gained over the course of the last few months has been speed. And so we have to find a way to, to marry those things. Hopefully tomorrow is the game that we start to see that click a little bit. Um, Obviously, we'll be here to recap tomorrow's game 
that'll happen at a normal time because I am absolutely not going to the gym at 5.30 in the morning tomorrow. Promise you that. Promise <laughs> you that bullshit ain't happening again tomorrow. Um, but until then, stay well, y'all. Take care. We look forward to hopefully recapping a Blue Jackets win. You know we're absolutely not touching this project or prediction moment. Absolutely not. But we will talk to you all tomorrow. Stay well and go Jackets. Bye.